Hey, Nick. Hey. Hey, Danielle. Hey. Hey, Jake. Hmm. <clears throat> uh-huh. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jake. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, uh, an easy-to-use, very versatile platform for creating your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS for 10% off. Man, I will. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's August 12th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 223. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Danielle Riendo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. We both did a little hand thing when we, we said an I'm. We a little did it. just like happy. They did a jaunty little, gesture. A jaunty, jaunty gesture. gesture. A G. JG. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Man, JG. Is, is JG Edwards. Is that a thing? <laughs> Whoa! I have just like memories in my brain. Yeah, I do too. Now that you mentioned Edward, it, from your childhood watching right. PBS or something. Because right, JG because we're both computers. We have the same memory. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Right. That's like one of those echoes in my brain. Yeah, in the rainbow, in the room with the spider, and then. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> the rainbow room with the spider. Wow. J.G. Edwards. J.G. I feel like the McNeil Lair News Hour was probably <laughs> underwritten by J.G. Edwards or something. Oh my god! Like yeah, it was something like that. It, what was, are we it, talking it was like what is this? Charlie Rose's production designer, J.G. Yeah. Edwards, or some stupid thing. Or maybe it was on Square One. Is there a one. chance that it's A.G. Edwards? Is there a chance that there's no reason for us to talk about this? <laughs> if, if, you know what? I think it yes. must have been A.G. Edwards. Welcome to Idle no. Thumbs, a weekly video game podcast <laughs> about host, hosted by J.G. Edwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Squarespace. Thanks, fictional uh, magnate J.G. Yeah, Edwards. Thanks to our Thank publisher, J.G. Edwards. <laughs> Scion of the Edwards podcast empire. <laughs> um, all right. Well. That's what we should have named the network. We should have just invented a fake, strange uh, magnet who, <laughs> yeah, magnet who right. underwrote our podcast network. Phaedrus. Phaedrus. Well, He's also really into, like, eating jellyfish or something. Yeah. He has, like, a, a quirk, a, a dietary quirk. Phaedrus mm-hmm. would be, like, the um, the second-in-command to J.G. Edwards. J.G. <laughs> Edwards would be would have, like, the Edwards compound. And Phaedrus <laughs> would be his agent that true. is sent out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phaedrus, Phaedrus, Phaedrus is the guy is who gets sh- stuff done. He yeah. gets results. That's shadow, true, yeah. Yeah. Good old Phaedrus. I would call Phaedrus the shadow puppet. A shadow puppet <laughs> is different than any of these other... Like, it's true. <laughs> Sorry. We don't need to keep talking about this. Well, speaking of shadow puppets... Yeah? I played this game. Uh-huh. Game. This collection of Dreamcast... Hacked Dreamcast... Okay. <laughs> Fictionally hacked Dreamcast Fictionally games. hacked Dreamcast prototypes, known as the Sonic Dreams Collection... Brought to you by the Arcane Kids, who brought us all the wonder and joy of Bubsy 3D last year. The Bubsy 3D game where you went to... um, The museum? The museum, and you learned about art and life, and you went to hell, and you went to... It was was beautiful. This game, in the fiction of this world, and I know Chris and Nick, you both at least have some experience with this beautiful piece of art. My experience was this, was you (laughs) sending... 
like emailing us a link yes. and being like, check this out if you have five minutes. And you sent the link and it was just like enter password. And I'm yeah. like, ah, I went to the page you sent. Which was auto completed for me, actually. It was auto completed for you. Yeah. It was not the wrong password. <laughs> it was not for me. So I sent an email back and I'm like, it's just a password page. And you're like, oh, the password is grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. true. So I went back, put in grandpa downloaded this weird sonic thing and then spent more than five minutes the amount of time you yes. allocated to playing the game to just browsing the directory structure which just had all kinds of like crazy a lot of shit in it See, I, had, I had a weird um actually like sort of in fiction uh, experience because okay what the, is this called again the sonic the, dreams collection the sonic dreams collection okay what is this Do, so, are we are we gonna get into this okay, in a so, roundabout so way the, that is thematically appropriate in the and artistic? Metafiction of it this is a collection of dreamcast prototypes that were that were leaked and you know these people hacked into them and they're now presenting them to the world it's obviously just a bunch of mini games that you know are more than meets the eye when you first begin playing them starring sonic and friends in like a frog fractions esque way well sort of um i'll say it (laughs) the best description for what this actually is is the ultimate sonic fan fiction experience all right that's what i will call it before we proceed nick i want to hear about your experience oh i was just (laughs) going to say that um at the time that danielle sent that link uh, Comcast in the Bay Area was experiencing like severe technical problems. Like oh, everybody yeah. in the Bay Area oh, had, yeah. Ex- we had like, that too. Yeah, and so I clicked the link, and finally I got Grandpa in, and <laughs> I get I got Grandpa in there, and then the page begins to we load, but it, it actually like slowly scan. Like, you know, like just like the like right, slow right. loaded, like, you know, just like, barely stretching down the page, like a 56K modem. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, and uh, it revealed this modem. weird Sonic page uh, that then I had to download the game, which took like an hour. I don't know. It, it just transported me to 2000. Uh, oh, just yeah. Instantly. It was <laughs> In amazing. In the best it was way. Trans- yeah. Yeah. So um, this is basically four mini games, sort of, or so- four experiments of games, one of which is completely locked. And you need to go through, I believe, some of that layer that you, that you went through to actually figure out how to unlock it. And mm. One of one of I, the games. I, got, I figured that must have been the case. Yeah. And, uh, well, the first one is called uh, Make My Sonic, I believe. And it's just a character creator for making a really just messed up looking Sonic. 3D model. You like know. a deviant art original very, character very style much so. Sonic. It's a Sonic like, OC creator? Yes, it really is. Like, you can make his hand, you know, six times the size of his the rest of his body. And so it's like a Sonic head. character creator, but also in the tradition of Mario's face in yes. Mario 64. I was going 64. to say, yes. it's, it's in the tradition of that and then also um, like sports games of that era where you could create a player, <laughs> but you could create the insanely large player with like the tiny head and yeah. like right. big feet or like turn on big head mode and get like a weird guy. Yes. Like that's that's what that thing is. <laughs> turn on big sure. head mode and get a weird and, guy. And of course, in the fiction, it's like upload to SegaNet and you can tweet out the picture basically right. of whatever you make. Although actually, if it was in that true era... You would have had to go to the password uh, right. menu on the game, type in like whatever weird guy, and then it would <laughs> unlock the the mode that allowed right. you to do the thing. That's right. That's um, totally true. And like, as it unlocked, it a weird sound effect would play. Yeah. That would be a guy saying "weird guy," and then it would unlock. <laughs> and then when you said like, password. Yes. I thought you were going to say. In order to share your creation, oh, you need to hash tweet. out your oh, character. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. alphanumeric 40, string yeah. that yeah. other people would then type in, and it mm-hmm. would like bring up. No, that. you're right though, Nick. There would just be a secret password screen that then had yeah. a voice say "weird guy." Yeah. Weird guy. It would be Sonic's voice. Uh, weird guy. <laughs> it would go weird guy, and then Sonic would go okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
dun, 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 dun. And give you the like thumbs up. Make my head tiny and my body huge. <laughs> Make one hand really big. Now the thing about this is that you're not even slightly wrong. That happens in the next game. Lots yeah, of true. lots of Sonic speech. Lots of Sonic speech occurs in the next game. Classic thumbs prognostication. I knew that a second Sonic in the collection game would be Sonic saying, "Make my hand big." Don't hold back. No, it's true. Make it bigger. Keep going. That's that's the whole game. You're not even wrong. This is basically the game. You're not even wrong. Yeah, the next game is what? It's the... Uh, Sonic the, Movie Maker. Right, where you, you walk around in first person. Uh, each section of this game is uh, a weird, I guess, stage play that is occurring. It's a lot like, uh, if you've listened to the show, um, Sleep No More. We've described Sleep No More, the stage play in New York City. It's like that, but for Sonic fan fiction. Is, yes. is sort of my impression. Without Basically, having any experience walking, walking around. through like a tableau. <laughs> well, okay. It, it's... Um, in the fiction, somehow, you are making a movie with Sonic and friends. And in the first scene, it's supposed to be, it's like, there's like a stage, but it's not like a stage play. I think it's more of like a, a really shitty TV yeah, kind of like, it's like a bag stage. Of TV set? Yeah. yeah, like a TV set. And it has, you know, a car and has some all-American footballs and there's Sonic and there's speech bubbles. And you can arrange all of this. You're in first person and there's like a weird physics simulation going on and you basically have a hand that you can push and pull things, put things in the scene, and then you have your right hand is attached to a camcorder and you have to record six seconds of footage to get to the next mm. scene. And you make a vine. So it's like Peter Molyneux presents the movies. Kind of, which... yes. Basically, only it's with Sonic and this particular scenario just God, gets so excited about the movies. further and too. further just messed up as you go like truly the depths of sonic fan fiction like mm-hmm. who is pregnant by who who was having an orgy in a hotel with whom like do you can you control these things no i mean this, <laughs> i mean you can control what what you're filming you can control sort of a lot of the physics objects in the world you can pull you can, you them can, apart you can put them together you can definitely frog doesn't that make you complicit in the whole thing it does Jake? it really does and that's what's so disturbing about this particular thing like sonic gives birth in this, so does Rouge the Bat. Uh, there's a Man, lot of birth alert. giving. I know, I'm sorry. I'm spoiling to go. this. I'm sorry. We can put a spoiler alert on things, but I feel like we need to be able to talk about this. Because <laughs> if you can't talk about what happens in Sonic fan fiction, what can you talk about? I mean, in life. True. Um, it just gets further and further. It just pushes the boundaries of, you know, this whole thing sort of begins in... in in jest, right? You're you're happy. You're like, oh, haha! This is a funny joke game about Sonic and and bad Sonic fan art, and mm-hmm. then it and it goes there, and it kind of goes all the way to where bad Sonic fan art goes. This is like the game equivalent of like Tim and Eric or something. In so a way, right? yeah, kind of, a little where it bit. just sort of keeps pushing, keeps pushing in a the weird last way that makes you uncomfortable. The yes. last chapter of it is what is it called, Danielle? <laughs> Do you remember the last the last um, game? Well. Wait, the last game? Oh, Sonic's roommate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, it's... where you play as Sonic's roommate. So, so you're you're you you're in. First you play as Sonic's roommate. So you're you on a couch Good. with Sonic. Uh, you can look down and you see your body. You look over and Sonic is on the couch with you. And then you get a text message on from a phone that is in your hand, like yes, a cell phone 2000 interface, an era yeah. phone, exactly. And it just says like, "Hey, man." Uh, you gonna go for it or some, something like? It says, "Have you told your roommate how yeah. you feel about them?" Right, and th- and then he says, "Like, hey, I'm over here." And then you look in out the window, and it's Eggman <laughs> in a window across the like street. Uh, you mean Doctor Robotnik? You, you mean Doctor Robotnik? Well, yeah, sure. 
I I don't know any Both Sonic of them. stuff. Yes. <laughs> clearly don't. <laughs> the best thing about this game though is that I don't know what I, I don't so you, you you the whole game is frobbing Sonic essentially. You're you're just like you, you have what, to tickle him feet first. All this, but whenever you whenever your hand your weird like first person hand reaches over and you like scratch Sonic's feet like he'll slap you away and when he slaps you away like your hand is a physics object but the but the arm itself is not and so the hand will like fly like a mile across the yep. screen and your arm just stretches like like Mr. Fantastic or something right. and then it just slowly wriggles its way back into your socket over like the course of like 10 seconds and during this entire Ugh. thing you and Sonic are on a couch watching live actual video footage of a real life hedgehog yeah I like kinda... an actual hedgehog not not a cartoon hedgehog like a right. video hedgehog and i'm not sure if it's supposed to be like titillating to sonic in some way i sort of read that or if it's reality it. television yeah or it's, yes this is reality tv as seen from a cartoon hedgehog's point of view for me this this chapter though specifically got closer to what i wanted this game to be entirely which is devolved in sort of like a Don Hertzfeldian, okay, uh, yeah, just like like increasingly absurd thing. Yes, and then it just it ends in. I, I, we shouldn't spoil it, probably, because Do it, not. I feel I feel like that okay. the ending of that chapter yes. is is actually makes this worth playing. Um, yeah, but it, that's what I wanted, and it I guess it I guess it delivered. I, you know, it 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 kind of does. I mean. All I've ever wanted is a physics hand that takes 10 seconds to retract into my body. And you get to tickle Sonic. Yeah, it's true. You're supposed to tickle it. That's what Dr. Robotnik says. Give him the tickles with a little emoticon, like on his creepy 2000 era cell phone. I really want to spoil it for Jake, but I also want Jake to play it. It's pretty incredible. And then, of course, there's Eggman Origins, which is the secret game Mm. that you need to kind of dig into. There's all these, Chris, you, you saw this. There are like hundreds of text files with weird errata like just everywhere yeah. just all sorts of bizarre things and there's and like there are like hexadecimal or like hex hexadecimal files and like all kinds of things weird yeah. in there yeah, yeah it's i don't pretty know weird. how deep all it goes what is this called again so people can look it up if sonic they dreams collection sonic dreams collection all right yes. jake has just apparently illustrated a sonic <laughs> i couldn't remember if i can still draw sonic the hedgehog and i can, you can. almost you did so you I can. Did that's it. a, a good very sonic. incredible sonic that yeah. you i can draw a credible off-model sonic i wanted to make sure that i could draw my own so- bad sonic fan art still and i oh, can success. You, you still got it jake i do still got it good good thing oh good my thing. god i i played a that. real game too yeah this week what was that <laughs> um it's a game called and i apologize if i butcher this it's a swedish name rimd risa r-y-m-d-r-e-s-a Mm-hmm. And it is a very chill, very relaxing, contemplative roguelike <laughs> set in space. It, I know those terms don't always go together, but it actually really kind of gets at that idea well. You play as a little astronaut who survived the Earth being exploded by an asteroid, and you basically are exploring space. It's all completely procedurally generated. Uh, you have missions. You have to go, you know, um, you know, go to little planetoids and explore things and get mm-hmm. resources to keep yourself alive. And you try to avoid uh, hitting asteroids and other things that will kill you. Um, the actual, it, there's a pretty nice, it's all mouse-based, uh, the way by which you f- sort of move around in the game. Uh, you know, you kind of have your thrusters, and you, you don't want to have your foot on the gas too hard, because then you go too fast, and you can't control when you kind of run into an asteroid. So it's like a nice little... It's really relaxing. It, it actually is. It's weird. Um, the music and sort of the whole tone of the game is so chill, and your little astronaut friend, like, sort of 
checks in with you every now and then and sort of gives a little space diary of like, I'm, I'm feeling sad today, you know, or, or I'm, I'm looking at the world and everything is so dark. He's mm -hmm. kind of a depressed little astronaut uh, that you're playing with. It's a really compelling game. And, and of course there's the sort of uh, little bits of, of, of structure in terms of you can level up your little pilot, you can make your ship better, et cetera, et cetera. You can uh, basically make your chances better that you will find good results every time you explore something by, uh, you know, sort of putting points into your exploration attribute, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but it's really, really beautiful and really, like I said, it's this relaxing, chill, difficult game, which is really, really I kinda, rare. I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I really like that sort of thing where yeah. it would be frustrating if, if, you know, the music was pounding and the pressure right. was on kind of, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. instead it's like this relaxing just thing. Drifting where, instead, you're just drifting through space. Just drifting through space. you die, you just kind of try again. Exactly. Instead of like exploding. Exactly. Yeah. I never got mad and typically I yeah, get yeah, very yeah. frustrated. In How long did you generally games. like... Was a, was a like life a for you? A yeah. life? Um, not very long. <laughs> I'm not very good at this game yet. I've only put like maybe 90 minutes or so into it so far. Uh, but I really sort of like what it's doing. It's not out yet. It's coming out on August 20th. But okay. I think that's actually worth looking for. Uh, I think PC and, and Mac cool. put it on PC. Cool. It's nice. Look for it. It seems really cool. R-Y-M-D-R-E-S-A. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I have to admit that the reason that I was that I wanted you to talk about this a little bit is because before we recorded, when you mentioned this, you said it was a roguelike, but you said roguelike, which is the most, <laughs> what? Like a, like a, a rugula -like. or something like a roguelike. <laughs> and, like, you know, Italian American style. Like, yeah, it's a roguelike. It's a, a roguelike, which is just, the, so there's, yeah. you know, rogue and roguelikes and roguelikes. Now that's <laughs> screw your roguelike likes. Yeah. Roguelite. Didn't it? Didn't Roguelite. I feel like alike used to actually be more common. Like, like a lookalike? Yeah, yeah, but I, I think that in... Like, like in, a lookalike? Like a lookalike? Jake's giving me the most shit-eating grin right now. Um, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm making that up. But I thought people used to say things like Doom-alike. Doom I was Quake. just going to say Doom-alike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there, there was clones. Doom yeah, clone was clones, big. And, but, yeah. I, but I don't think Doom-like. I don't think anyone ever said that. No. They would was, now. They would now, now but like, like roguelike really is what introduced that. But I remember all like was a suffix that was sometimes appended. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I like that. That's kind of nice. It's, it's just more fun to say. What just makes me feel like, you know, Mario or, or like my Italian relatives. Like, it's, it's a so me. roguelike. A <laughs> I think that's charming. Yeah. From now on, we will call them roguelikes. I like that. <laughs> Maybe that's what the term should be for games that are like, Another generation removed. That's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah, fuck, rogue fuck, rogue like, oh, okay, like. Okay, okay, I see. What you're it's, saying. it's now a yeah. rogue, it's a roguelike. Roguelike. There you go. Let's make that happen. Let's try that. I think that's lovely. If, we, if that <laughs> catches, if that catches on the same way, Lord's management has Oscar <laughs> Boba's golden. Beautiful. Did you, Chris? I know you saw this, but uh, you know we we launched a, a new podcast. We launched Esports Today, which is a like pro gaming weekly podcast hosted by uh, Rob Zachney of Three Moves Ahead, Bruin. and and yeah. Um, and Andrew, but, uh, they've been posting on our forums about the sorts of games they're going to cover. And I read their posts yeah, and it was Andrew like, was <laughs> Andrew was like, yeah, I'm, I love Lord's management games. Like Ro <laughs> Rob and I are really into Lord's management's and, <laughs> and I was like, what are they really just like carrying are they going the, for it? Are are they just like the idle thumbs torch, <laughs> just like, just in the, like, yeah, really just. And then the next person that posted was like, I can't wait until. 
there was like uh, a long time member of our forum posted just saying, I can't wait to tell a bunch of other people from the pro gaming community come in here and are really confused when they try to write MOBA and the forum <laughs> corrects it to say Lord's Management. Lord's Management. Yep. I completely forgot about that. I know. I did too. It cracked me up because you <clears> sent <throat> me that, yeah. that link and uh, and I was I didn't know why at first and then I realized. <laughs> yeah. Our... I made me go back and look at the stupid stuff that our forum does. Our forum also, if you write video game or video games as one word, it adds, it just corrects it to put a space in it. Yep. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, what an accurate what a good piece form. of shit. Yeah, what, what, a, what a great piece of, piece of software. <laughs> um, so anyway, roguelike-like should probably turn to roguelike now on the forum to really annoy people. For the one guy who writes roguelike-like. Yeah. Actually, speaking of esports, did anybody watch any of the international, which was the last weekend? I didn't, um, but <clears throat> despite not watching it, I still listened to the entire international segment on eSports Today mm. and was totally fascinated and bummed that I didn't watch the international beforehand. It was an interesting one. This year's yeah, international yeah. seemed like it was an escalation of sort of madness over the course <laughs> of Yeah, I mean, I won't talk at length about it because you should just listen to eSports Today, clearly. But um, eSports.today to yeah. get that. But um, uh, I actually uh, tweeted back and forth to Rob about this. It's just interesting. So um, the, the two final teams, um, uh, CEDA and um, uh, Evil Geniuses, Evil Geniuses um, a Chinese team and, a, and an American team. Um, and, uh, you know, Evil Geniuses pulled it out in this incredible victory. And it was, you know, people were chanting as they do USA, USA. And it was this, you know, the, the sort of spirit. One of the that's because it's, the... it's America winning a major yes. pro gaming tournament. Uh, it's always interesting when an esports team wins a big tournament like this or even just an esports player to see how they react. Like Chris, Chris and I used to watch a lot of StarCraft. And it was so fascinating because uh, certain players would win and they would be sort of very uh, reserved and, and kind of what you assume an esports player would be mm-hmm. like. And then there were certain flamboyant players that were hilarious <laughs> right. and they just became yep. crowd favorites. And those were the, they make the sort of like act of actually winning one of these things interesting to watch in the same way that a pro sports player who is really, you know, whatever outspoken becomes a, you know, a notable dude. Um, and so I was really curious, like, what are these guys going to be like? Because I, I watched them for hours on my Saturday and people were cheering for them. And I, I was clapping in front of my TV like an idiot when they won. Like, you, know, you get great. into it. It's actually a really good event. And they come out on stage. And I was talking to Rob about this. And it's these five guys. And they get to the, the trophy. And they all sort of, like, awkwardly forget <laughs> that the trophy exists. And someone has to come and remind them, like, oh, the trophy. The, pick up the trophy. <laughs> and, they, you know, confetti's falling. And finally they, like, notice the trophy. And then they, like, sort of awkwardly, like, reach out and, like, feel the trophy. And then they get a microphone on them. And they sort of go from person to person. And they're, they're like, so how does it feel? And the guy's like, I, we, we won. Oh, oh my so God. Good. They, it was like the way that I felt, you know, like getting picked a kickball. Like these guys just did not know what to do right. in the moment. Had no clue. They were, I mean, it, and it wasn't the the sort of pressure of that stage moment. You could tell that, you know, often like a Korean player will be so nervous. You know, there's some players that just get very, you know, a lot of stage fright. And that is why they are reserved. These guys, like, I think, you know, in a post-game interview, somebody asked them, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to Disneyland? And the guy was just like, I, we all just kind of want to go home. <laughs> and that was the big, like, $6 yeah. million, dollar, like, jeez, like, everyone in the crowd was losing their minds, like, just, yes, USA, yes. And these I guys mean, are just like, oh. you are soon to be a millionaire, professional, yeah. like. Like, champion of the not, world. Maybe, like, yeah. yeah, just, yeah, just. 
And there's like, so oh. much money being spent in propping up this sport and trying to make it legitimate. They're, they're spending money right. to get it on ESPN. Like, there's all this PR that's and being then done. Did, did uh, and then it's just like, yeah. <laughs> like even, the, even the just, you know, the really, like, diehard Dota players who just, like, they don't really care about the pomp and circumstance. They don't care that, you know, whatever dead right. mouse is playing. They don't care. But, but they just want them to just, like, get the trophy and be like, yeah, GG! Like, they just wanted to do, like, a stupid thing for, like, two minutes. That's all they wanted. And everybody in well, the chat that I was watching was like, oh my god, like, lame, lame. Just smile. For the actual real analysis of everything that happened at this tournament, listen to esports yes. today. This is not the real version. This is just yeah. our bullshit. Um, but a, a thing that I actually thought was really legitimately cool and kind of heartwarming is that one of the most key players on EG for this tournament was this guy, Sumail, who is this 16-year-old Pakistani kid who moved to America at age 15 for the sole purpose of competing in esports professionally. Wow. Um, he started playing Dota at age seven um, to being the youngest esports player to ever hit a million dollars in earnings. Wow. In like yeah. tournament prize pool earnings. So that was pretty cool. Good for him. Yeah, good for that kid. Yeah. Wow. I was talking to Sean about a notable team that was expected <clears throat> to do very well and this is this you reminded me of this when you're talking about the personality stuff. Yeah. But the team that came out, just everyone wearing sunglasses, <laughs> oh, like man. trying to look as cool as they possibly could, yeah. got fucking stomped. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all walked out, but one guy who was, I guess, like the celebrity of that team just kept sunglasses on and oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I I don't know the details because I don't know enough about it, but I just saw pictures yeah. of of the before and after of that and it yeah. made me the happiest. That's <laughs> really funny. That's but, great. But need I more actually, of that. Need more of that going on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's I mean, good. That Need more hubristic of, sunglass wearing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That just reminded me of, of – we talked about this before. But it just reminds me of mm. the whole idea of, of at SGDQ or AGDQ, there are definitely some runners who are like funny and entertaining and kind yeah. of giving their all. And then there are some folks who are less comfortable in that environment. Yeah, or like, just, just you know. go in there, play the game, get exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. God, Big John. Isn't he great? Big John. Isn't he Who's wonderful? Big John? Big John is a Super <laughs> Mario. Okay. Big John is a Super Mario All Stars and probably all yeah. of Mario's speedrunner. I didn't think about this until when we were talking about Summer Games done a quick couple episodes ago. The the I imagine that has that came out of Quake Done Quick, which is the original speedrunning mm-hmm. community. I would imagine. Yeah. That's yeah, really yeah. The speed demos archive started with uh, Quake. Yeah. Quake Done Quick yeah. also like crazy moves and stuff or am i thinking of a different well i mean quick done quick i think came out of the same scene as like crazy trick jumping and like weird like you'd watch like it did yeah quick world team fortress videos of people who just like launched three concussion grenades and jump across an entire map and all all that sort of shit came out of that same Mm -hmm. community but i like that quick done quick has turned into basically just one of the coolest Mm -hmm. things about games yep um I just totally forgot when I heard the, 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 done, the done quick suffix actually yeah. came from. Yeah, right. No, it's funny. From that. Didn't occur to me. From the early days of Machinima. Oh, true. Mm, machine games. Mm. Um, you played GTA Five, Nick. I did. <laughs> Nick, oh, yeah. I heard you played Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I heard you thieved. So here's the thing. So I played, I didn't play GTA Five single player. I went right to the online. I'm, I'm obviously incredibly late. That's okay. Um, it's all right. And, uh, but I thought, you know, I would check it out. Um, I always sort of enjoy what Rockstar does with their multiplayer modes. I figured, hey, I mean, there's probably something interesting in here to check out for a couple of days and then probably uninstall and kind of forget about it. Um, so I loaded this thing up. And, uh, yeah, so I played for about 20 minutes. And I guess I'll just briefly say 
that um, the modes are interesting. Like, there's a, I don't know if you guys have played this at all. Have you? Has anybody played GTA Online? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Okay. Uh, GTA 4, I played some yeah. online. Yep. So the, the online mode now, just to explain, is a much larger thing. It's, it's essentially like a MMO-esque lobby that you run around in, and then you take missions... And so a mission might be, um, you know, on, on your little GTA cell phone, a mission might pop up and it's a heist mission. And instead of just like insta-loading into that heist mission, you actually like your character that you create at the beginning of the process goes to the other character's like apartment. And then a cutscene loads that has all of your characters sort of in a um, like a heat style like uh, uh, prelude to this heist where, you know, like an NPC is explaining... Um, uh, you know, hey, whatever, like, we're going to take this guy down and you're going to be the, the closer and you're going to be the, you know, and, and it's uh, it's done very well. Like, it's actually uh, pretty well done. So there are these interesting modes and things. I, I found one of those matches. I, I played it. I loaded back into the overworld. And um, so so there's a sound effect <laughs> that occurs when you get money in GTA. And it's, it's Sonic going, make my hand big. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back. Um, uh, if you play GTA, you know, it, it's sort of like a, it's a very gamey kind of like, it is sort of like collect, collecting rings in Sonic. It's sort of a very like bling bling. Yeah. Um, and I had just loaded back in and I heard that sound effect, but repeated about a thousand times in a row within a span of like two seconds. You know, if you just overlaid that sound effect, right. uh, it just sounds like a constant. Just sounds sound. like a machine gun. It sounds like sound Sean saying that's the stuff. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and I went, "Oh, that's weird. I guess I just got a lot of money for doing that mission." Yeah, all right. Well, that's cool. So I, I looked up the the mission that I just completed, and I was like, "Oh no, I got like two hundred bucks. Why do I? Why? Why would I have gotten a lot of money?" I looked in my like wallet or whatever, and I had a million dollars. And then I looked in my inventory, and I had every gun in the game and all, and like max ammo. Yeah. So at this point, I'm going, all right. Well, so clearly there's you're like having some, the Diablo two experience. There's some like network joining lag. A game. I, yeah, I thought, well, there's either network lag or something's happening here on my client side right. that is just in error. Yeah. Like this can't be real because this is GTA. Like this is a big thing now. Like I'm sure they have some kind of you know, check against bugs like this because people get very into this, you know, right. presumably they get very into this. I was like, all right, well, that's strange. So I started walking around just kind of ignoring the fact that I had every gun in the game because I don't care. You know, I fired yeah. a rocket launcher at GTA and I'm just running around, just sort of messing around with the first person mode and just, you know, oh, GTA, there's a building over there. <laughs> and, um, and then I hear the, the sound effect again and I look and now I have $2 million. <laughs> And now I have no weapons. <laughs> what? Uh, what? So, so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I keep, I keep running around in circles, just sort of, you know, kind of ignoring the, the obvious fact that something's gone wrong. Right. And but it's always but hoping that it will go wrong again. <laughs> and so finally the cycle repeats and i have every weapon in the game again and i'm like all right i guess how much how many how much millions money? of dollars you have just like like 10 like infinite money oh like God. it's just every, like all the money okay and i just take a mini gun out and i'm like i guess i'll just see what the weapons look like as long as this is a bug i just you know whatever i'll just mess around <laughs> i i fire up my mini gun and i'm just like shooting a car i'm like oh i'm a tough guy i mean that's the thing about gta is it's like this is like the power <laughs> fantasy oh yeah you know this is like this is the game you play when you want to be really tough I fire like 10 rounds into this car and then suddenly 
I just explode. Like my guy just like just explodes up into the air and flops down onto the ground and ragdolls all over the place and I'm dead. And I'm like, oh, that's I guess I maybe I must have pulled out the rocket launcher. That's that's interesting. That's really strange. So then I respawn. I look at my inventory. I have no weapons. What? How much money do you have? I have no money. Everything's gone. Everything is gone. I'm like, okay, well, it's GTA. I respawn. I must now have to get yeah. all my stuff back. Ah, uh, the bug's probably fixed now. This this was all a bad <laughs> dream. This is all a bad dream. <laughs> and I have, like, infinite money again. All the guns. I pull out, like, an Uzi. I fire, like, sh- three shots, and I explode again. <laughs> At this what point, I'm like, what the, the fuck? Midas touch? So like, I do this, like, ten times in a row of just shooting bullet-based guns. And I just explode every single time. Like, no, okay, there's there nothing else around. around? This is the no, dumbest version of Groundhog Day. There's ever. no yeah, Exactly. It's me repeating the same stupid thing. I'm like, oh, I found a weird bug. I'm, I should write into Rockstar and, like, fix this bug. You're a Rockstar. So then, then I die and I respawn. And I don't know. This is the point at which we can either go to video or I can continue the story. <laughs> I feel like I should probably just continue the story. Okay. So here's the thing. I respawn, and suddenly, a man with long green hair (laughs) spawns in behind me, but he's not just behind me. He's actually on my back, as if I was giving him a piggyback ride. As if I was giving him a piggyback... He He has his legs around me. And he has his right arm up in an animation, and the animation is him, his right hand, just imagine, I'm giving him a piggyback ride, okay? This this man with green, bright green hair, and he's got his right like hand. Is like the jockey in Left 4 Dead? Right, yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. He has his right hand, and his right hand is placed near the back of my neck, and it's moving up and down over what? and over again. What? He's just stroking the back of my neck over and over and over again. And and now I'm starting to freak out. Now I realize, like, oh, no, something weird is going on. Like, either this is a bug or this is just some insane hack that's occurring. Like, this is this is either the craziest strange thing that's ever happened to anybody or this is something very intentional. And so now I start to sort of, like, panic. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get banned because I'm involved in some, like, weird thing. So I start turning in circles, trying to shake the guy off my back. Even though it's not a physics-based game, I'm just, like, trying to, like, get him off. And I'm just, like, kicking and punching, just trying to, like, get him off my back. You know, like, get off my back, guy. And he's just, you know, stroking my neck, stroking my neck. And, and I have no idea what to do. So I start running. I'm just running down the street now. Okay. And this guy's on my back. And, and then I see another dude with green hair spawn in sort of like as i'm running forward he stays on my back but another one spawns and now he's not on my back he's standing so now i look back and there's just two of these guys now one who's on my back stroking my neck and the other guy who's just sort of like back like 10 feet away and i just the camera like slowly rotates and i'm just looking back at this guy and i'm like jesus what the hell was that? <laughs> so then I just start to bolt. I'm just like, oh my god, this is like so insane. I have to get out of here and just to test the limits of this. So I'm running and running and running and running. And and then more of them begin to spawn. And oh I'm god. slowly like filling the street with weird like Joker guys. And they're all like... <laughs> Sorry, am I, am no. I destroying a microphone? It's fine, no. No, no, keep going. 
they're all they're all spawning in on the street one after another like in a perfect row and i'm like oh okay well these guys are just dummies the guy in my back though he's probably like he's the, the mastermind like he's the weird like <laughs> puppeteer of this thing he's the Puppet goblin so i walk up to one of the jumper guys and i Jared. punch him in the face and he just kind of goes like Ugh, and falls down and then he stands up and starts chasing me oh my god and this guy now is chasing me down the street now all of them begin to chase me. Oh, what? And now they start to spawn in in front of me. And now they've encircled me. And there are like 50 guys with green hair all in a circle <laughs> around me. nightmare. You're punching you me. You have video evidence of this? Yeah. They're all like attacking me. It's like that scene from The Matrix. Like you're just where like Agent up. Smith just like spawns in and Neo has to fight them all. And now I'm kicking and punching, fighting for my life. These joker guys. At one point I jump into a truck. <laughs> <laughs> was the guy still on your back? The guy still on your back? The guy's still on my back. <laughs> I jump out of the truck. I roll across the ground. This guy's on my back still. At some point, I die. And now here's where it gets even stranger because <laughs> what? 20 minutes go by where nothing else happens. Everything is fine. I'm just walking down the street. Nothing's going on. And then suddenly I start to get exploded again, and oh, I realize, no. oh my god, he's still there. It's happening. And then nothing happens for another ten minutes. And I'm walking down the street just sort of whistling to myself, thinking, oh, well, he must have logged off. I got the better of him. I didn't, I didn't log off. He didn't get me. <laughs> A fountain of water explodes out of the sidewalk <laughs> and knocks me on my back. <laughs> then, then a jet of flame explodes out of the sidewalk and lights me on fire. And then he spawns what? in on my back again and I try to get up and I fall back down again because he's like on my back and I'm like wriggling around on the ground. <laughs> I don't, oh okay. my god! The whole thing is completely insane. I don't, I still to this day, were these, we have to go to the video. Are, these, like, are these NPCs? Are these, are these, what is this? Is it, I don't, so, I still, so, I don't, is this an army of people who all look the same who are playing the most insane prank on a multiplayer server like what is, or is this just the most fucking weird side alley gta mission <laughs> just like this if a player encounters this strange troll scenario a, a green man will, will harass them on a server this is batman is what it is it's I, just infinite jokers i have to imagine that the guy on my back was He's the ringleader is that well i think i think he is somehow hacking my client side and controlling, like basically, like he's able to just spawn in game objects around me, and all of the all of the copies of himself were just NPCs that looked like him. Um, but it still doesn't explain a lot of what was happening. It's <laughs> it's completely insane. There were just moments where like bags of money would just like he would just spawn in like a thousand bags of money. So just, this guy just is like the puppeteer. He just says. He's pulling the strings. Yeah, for the he's literally the like pulling on my neck, pulling the strings <laughs> this, this on my back. I want to watch this Yeah, video. we got to watch the video now. So we should go to maybe go to break, break and, okay. and, and observe this. All right, we'll put this garbage. video up on our uh, up on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash idle videos. Look for that. Video game. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the sound you heard. Yeah, this is this is sort of like <laughs> alert. Oh my yeah, god! I was afraid that they were just gonna completely gonna ban you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! That slow petting with money appearing. 
This is magical, Nick. This is absolutely magical. Yeah, I still don't know what it was. If someone wants to write into questions at idlethumbs.net and yeah. let us know if please, they know what the hell this is. Please tell us. Please do. Or if this is your work, write us in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're the Joker guy. If you painstakingly <laughs> track down Nick Brecken on the internet. So my girlfriend keeps asking, because I've been playing a lot of uh, older games, some rare replay games and so on and so forth. Talking about the aesthetic, mm. the, the general aesthetic of each generation, you know, like last generation being like a brown, gray sort of mm-hmm. grim, dark, gritty kind of thing. And she was asking, like, what would be this generation's aesthetic? Oh, it's, it's kind it's of... this. It's, it's, what, it's, just... it's the guy... It's the just crazy, weird, glitchy things that can come in a simulation <laughs> when people are, are trying to mess <laughs> yeah. with that it's simulation. glitched out physics man. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, just, yeah, it's weird that guy. Skyrim mod. I think, the, <laughs> I think yeah. the, the thing that actually defines this generation aesthetically, aside from glitched out inside out faces, is also present in GTA V, which is this is the first generation that we have image-based lighting and we have bounce light and stuff, so I think yeah. sort of just it's the look, white, the look uh, of like a white, light. a whitish blue mm. bounce light of a blue sky and a bright sun bouncing yeah. off of a wall is totally <clears> the look that every game has right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But Mirror's, then, Mirror's oh, Edge is like the epitome of it. Yeah, Mirror's, yeah, Edge, is like yeah. Mirror's the, Edge was the, the first Uber, one. Mirror's yeah. Edge was like the sort of prescient one from last generation, but now everything <laughs> has that look. Yep. Except now everything also has the look of, a, of weird procedural hair turning inside exactly. out of like a face <laughs> just that, that is melting off of bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beetlejuice face, yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing. I feel like my life is enriched mm-hmm. that I've seen that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of afraid that if I log on, he's going to come back. <laughs> I'm just I'm just perpetually haunted by this man. Afraid yeah. or this excited? Weird guy <laughs> just marked me, and that's it. I guess I should try. Video game. Squarespace. You're right, Jake. This episode was brought to us by Squarespace, an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Um, we have another reader who wrote in with an example of a Squarespace page that they put together. This is Nate Robinson, who writes, uh, Hey, gang. Um, well, he, he he talks a little bit about our advertisements in general and how effective they are, uh, he claims. Uh, and then says, he set up a site called manvbacklog.com, <laughs> a sort of game diary documenting my attempt to work through my 1,500-plus Steam game backlog. I love games, and I work in the industry as a producer, so I thought this would be a fun side project. Uh, so this website, he doesn't mention this in the email. Maybe this part came out later, but it contains also a, like a webcomic. He makes a comic for each oh, nice. game that he plays that sort of includes his verdict on the game, most recently Duck Game, a game Ooh. that I haven't played but I've seen. That's actually a really Second good most game. recently, the time yeah. that he found someone on a GTA Five server. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, his site... It was made by made with Squarespace. Um, it's I'm looking at it on my mobile phone right now. It's nice and clean, loads up well, and uh, you can get your own Squarespace site if you go to squarespace.com. It's really fast, really uh, very user friendly. If you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code thumbs, you can get ten percent off your order. Thanks, Squarespace. Don't mention it. But do mention I that code. Do, I, do I, mention thanks, offer Mr. code thumbs. All right, we're back. Whoa! Hey. Nick Brecken played a war game. I did. It's called War Game. Oh! <laughs> I just I had a moment of conception in my brain where I was like, I really want to discover a strategy series that I didn't know existed that will satisfy some part of my brain for a certain amount of time, and 
then I did it. It just happened. Like I, <laughs> you I, heard a rumble deep beneath yeah. the earth, and then the game I, was on Steam. It was, what really if I strange. Found a new war game to play, and you search for good war game. I think and I might have actually done that, Chris. And then oh, Google shit. said, "Do you mean?" War game? I think that happened oh, wow. on Steam. I think I yeah, looked, I think right. I searched for war strategy game or something, yeah. and it gave me war game. And I went, oh, that's a bad name. <laughs> I should click on this and just see if it's some goofy thing. And it right. was a legitimate series. It is actually, um, if people remember the console's um, RTS called Ruse, yeah. uh, which is a fairly it's big a French game. developer, right? Yeah, they're called Eugen. Eugen, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so they since Ruse they've been making this series called War Game the second the second title which is the I guess most notable title War Game Airland Battle <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up um, and in fact when people were referring to Airland Battle I didn't understand that that was the name of the second I just I had no idea because I was right. on a form or something. <laughs> In any case, uh, <laughs> it's too bad Wargame isn't published by Wargaming.net. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. It's, that is An a, actual name of a real publisher. A, that is a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, the, I, you know, the, it's uh, just really briefly um, because uh, much like my esports thing that I had to say, I would recommend. <laughs> Rob Zachney did it better. I would like to say <laughs> Rob Zachney uh, has actually done two podcasts, like the 3MA guys, um, Three Moves Ahead, and it's also on the Idle Thumbs Network, all have done two uh, segments about the series, one on Airland Battle and one on the most recent title. So you can go look at their um, uh, archive, archival podcasts for for in depth discussion of war game. But uh, for me, uh, I guess the one thing I would say about it is that um, when it comes to strategy uh, games, particularly on the PC, I like games that have um, more complexity than a typical uh, RTS game. And less complexity than something like Hearts of Iron or yeah. some insanely robust mm-hmm. strategy. So, game. like Total War is in that. Warehouse. Yes, exactly. Total War. Yeah, is yeah war game. Your Total War. To- yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the war wheelhouse and uh, war wheelhouse. The the thing. So, I would say that it's 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 a difficult niche to to enjoy because um, I think the strategy uh, genre is actually pretty stratified in terms of, in terms of those two extremes. Um, for me, I have a hard time finding the kind of game that I want, which is something that, you know, a lot of these games revolve around rock, paper, scissors. That's fine. I also like some sort of metal layer of like a map and just like just a couple of components that sort of fit nicely together and sort of make the game feel larger than just a singular battle, but without being a simulation of the entire global map <laughs> down to the finest detail, which is right. what it like a hearts of iron thing. Hearts of iron is my just, Oh, I have the it's worst white whale. It's my white whale <laughs> entirely. In fact, I loaded it up after playing war game just, and I knew again, this is very like, pre- I know exactly the way my strategy brain works where I'm just going to load that game up. I'm going to immediately barf and just close it down and just feel sad. And it just happens Aww. like once a year where I'm, ah, maybe, maybe this is my arts of iron moment. Why aren't maybe? you for me? Why yeah. aren't I for you? Yeah. It's, it's really sad. It's, it's basically everything I want, but at a level that is just always going to be mm-hmm. beyond what I'm willing yeah, to commit to. Yeah, I know to. what you mean. Um, so war game is not that complex. War game is a theater based scenario. So it's whatever, like a, a Korean war two scenario sort of thing where you, you're, you're, Relegated to like a, a very um, regional map, uh, you have a certain set of resources that you can spend in different sort of territories, and then um, you sort of say, uh, I guess it's uh, based on um, uh, an actual real time clock, 
uh, it's sort of broken up into hours. So it's like Total War, I guess, but a little bit more finer detail where where it actually is sort of mm-hmm. uh, approximating the feeling of a conflict that's un, um, unfolding over the course of days. In any case, uh, it's really good. I actually really enjoy it. I think uh, they did a good job taking something that could could have felt like Hearts of Iron, boiling it down to sort of the basic elements. Um, and yet it's still... It, I, I, it was that Far Cry 2 moment of oh god, I'm really close to being completely confused. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into this. Oh wait, let me just learn like two things. Okay, now I can just barely hold on to the core gameplay enough to slowly like chug along and now I get the I, you know, I it's 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 a good game for people that like sort of that mid range tier of of uh, complexity and strategy games. So cool. uh, I would check it out. Um, but also, yeah, um, go to the three MA guys and listen to their thing because I did. And they had a lot more to say about it that was very uh, interesting. Yeah, Rob Zachney may be a pro when it comes to like strategy games and esports and stuff, but I think when it comes to encountering a strange clone of yourself wearing green hair who strokes the back of your neck in a multiplayer game, you've got him beat. So that's, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's something. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Good. And that, I Our upcoming podcast, pass it off. <laughs> Troll clone today. Yes. From the idle thumbs in that one. Troll clone. Well, if you keep running into this guy in GTA... That mm-hmm. basically, Fallout Shelter seems like it may be on the decline, but hopefully it's Rise of the Troll Clone. <laughs> <laughs> this is new, our new recurring segment. That's of, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a weird, like, early 90s sitcom. Every time I log on to this server. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There. What, like, yeah. What do you mean early 90s sitcom? Like, like high, or like late 80s, like weird high concept uh, like two worlds character with a secret life, but their secret life in this case is just that they're trolled by a by well, a. What's an joke? example of the reference? <laughs> Man, what is? I'm. Tro- I'm. It's it, it, like Pete it would, and Pete. That's it would, like it would probably 90s. be like a Nickelodeon yeah. show or just like. Oh, you know what it would be? Any or like the movie are, Better Off Dead? No, no. Are you afraid of the dark? It's it would be kind of, Are you afraid of the dark? It would be a good one. Or the cyber version of like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> right, like the cyber episode where they yeah, that's the true. kids. The kids are on a computer, and, uh, computer. and all the all of his friends leave, and he's sitting there playing the game, and then thinking, a weird clown man appears. I was and he's, thinking he's like, huh? and, yes, <laughs> and then the kids come back, and they're like, oh, are you still playing that game? And then he the camera goes back to the computer, and the clown man's gone. That's yeah, that is you're right. It is an Are You Afraid of the Dark? The the dragged out version of it is like uh is like a third rock from the sun or out of this world <laughs> oh, thing where nice. you're where you have a strange weird life where it wouldn't but take, it's like a gag it's it would, not, but in yeah. this i guess in this case it wouldn't take place in, inside of the video game this person's life would just when they're alone in their city yeah this guy like in life just they just are imbued with money which they when they spend it it's cursed and then occasionally a strange green-haired version of them of themselves comes out and i guess in like a, t- it's a, a t- little more intense than third rock from the sun <laughs> yeah, in a tv version, they would be a strange weird conscience doppelganger <laughs> I feel- you guys remember that weird german translated sitcom conscience, <laughs> conscience doppelganger <laughs> You remember that weird German translated sitcom Grand Theft Auto Five? <laughs> <laughs> Der Conscience Doppelganger. Yeah. Oh goodness. Mm. Anyway, Chris, I heard you played Fallout Shelter some more. I did. I did play more who, who Fallout did you Shelter kill because in cold I'm garbage. Blood this time. I'm still playing Fallout Shelter. Who, who did you kill in cold blood this time? A lot of men. <laughs> 
So like, so I actually, this was a sort of a revitalizing week for me in Fallout Shelter because last week we sort of, I feel like on the, on the air, I kind of talked myself into actually taking steps to move towards a, an all female base. With one Brecken. With a, with a single Brecken remaining eventually. I haven't heard Um, of this. (laughs) <laughs> that that was we ended up there last week. Oh. This is actually really difficult. Oh, interesting. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's really hard. If you have a base that's full of two hundred people, killing a hundred of them and still keeping your base like running smoothly is actually really really difficult. Especially yeah, because, I guess because it is. roughly yeah. half of your best people are men. Like my, you know, it's like just pretty evenly down the middle. But half of my best people, half of my worst people, are men, and half are women. Um. And so I'm kind of just, like, getting rid of my shittiest men first. Um, a, a different a, – a reader wrote in last week and said that <clears throat> her partner um, had an alter, had a different method of – he had a method of um, filtering out new dwellers, which was to um, – as soon as they come to the door, he immediately sends them out on an expedition with oh, no yeah. weapon and no clothing – and if they can collect one – if they can, like, collect an outfit or weapon before dying, he lets them into his base. He revives and them. And so I'm not going to do that yeah. because I don't want the men to come back. But I, but I, but it is – I have found it to be, like, a pretty uh, easy way to get rid of them. Like, it's, it's, it takes a lot less effort than burning, uh, which is my, my traditional <laughs> method. It takes a lot longer than burning. Like, if you even if – even a completely crappy guy – if you send him out into the wasteland, <clears throat> it takes like an entire day, basically, of real time for him to to die. Um, but now I have a pretty good um, uh, assembly line essentially going on where, you know, like I said last week, the propaganda centers that bring in new dwellers stop working when your base is full. And even if you have people out, like sending them to their death in the wasteland, they still count as population of your base. So as long as I can keep my total base number under 200 dwellers, I basically have this as ongoing churn where I'm attracting new people, filtering out the men among the new people, sending them immediately back out into the wasteland. So they arrive at my base and I immediately just send them, I strip, you know, the, the clothes and send them right back out to the, the wasteland. Um, and then when I have extra room in my base, I let a woman in. Every once in a while, I filter through my base, find a few shitty guys who are who are sort of low stats, take their gun and clothing, send them out into the wasteland attract more women keep going so it's 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 so it's, it's, it's where are you at this point process. like what's the what's the population percentage looking I like i don't know i should have figured that out there's not really a great way to figure it out but it is at at the point where it is noticeably tilted mm. in you know why were you why did you want to get rid of all the guys in your base um well the first two my first two dwellers to to like hit maximum stats in all categories were both women and i kind of just mentioned it like offhandedly on last week's podcast and like oh how wouldn't that be funny and then i sort of just started thinking about it i'm like okay i've kind of gotten to the point where my game is just sort of churning along without a lot of like big changes like this is something i could really accomplish this is like a thing i could actually really accomplish so like it's a goal that i've set for myself based on last week's yeah conversation it's good it's pretty Um, great (laughs) yeah so what am i up to i don't know um i guess i could find you um you're probably still level one because you're training, and people who are training oh. don't gain in level. Only people who are working okay. gain in level. That's a weird thing about this. I have a lot of guys who I'm sending out in the, <clears throat> in the desert who have, like, 
one good stat and they're like level 50 because they've just been working in the power plant their whole fucking life. <laughs> um, so they actually last a while out there, but, you know, eventually they die. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much what's going on with my Fallout shelter. I'm still <clears throat> waiting for the new uh, – to- the update. To all these people, you are just the weird GTA guy just burning them randomly well, and just like true. grabbing them from behind – and throwing them into different areas and, and just... <laughs> well, you know what's funny, though, is that my, my average happiness among my dwellers is higher than it's been in weeks. It's at... Well... Ni- yeah, it's at 91% right now. Which is well, pretty, well, mm-hmm. pretty good. So I feel like that shows that my I think those are soft are, numbers, Chris. I think those are Trump numbers. <laughs> I don't I mean, know if... Uh, you know, we're talking about the perfect society run by women, you know. All right. I found Nick Brecken. Um, <laughs> Nick, Nick Brecken is 87% happy. That's not bad. No. He's still level one. He's still a baby. But he, he, oh. has, he has maximum <laughs> endurance, charisma, intelligence, and agility. Absolute – and pretty high strength. Absolute minimum perception and luck. <laughs> I think that's probably the way it should stay. This is like maybe – I think maybe you don't need, I don't this need This is those. maybe the perfect – in the perfect Brecken. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and you're wearing a, a nice, a nice formal suit. Oh, see, oh. that's great. Yeah. You're wearing a, a diaper, <laughs> a formal <laughs> diaper with a tie. Yeah, with suspenders. <laughs> you're like a little working baby, you know. Yeah, a little working guy. Baby. I played a well, actually checked out. I didn't actually play it. My colleague played it with me while I sort of talked about it. A game in the vein of Fallout Shelter yeah. called Sheltered is in early access it's a it's a survival game i mean it's it's much smaller in scope and much well, less a, a, I, have a, I have a question before yeah. we go into the details of the game itself <clears throat> do you know if this game has always been called sheltered because it seems like it predates fallout yeah. shelter you know, and it's I crazy that know. it's such a similar game and has such a hmm. similar name well a fallout shelter is like a real i i know that but yeah. I, I realize that but it just it looks <clears throat> it's it's just it it's crazy to me that they came out in relatively speaking such close proximity, yeah. have such specifically similar names, and do seem like they have similar gameplay. And it's not like this is the only way you could represent yep. a Fallout Shelter in, in a video game. But Man, published by Team Seventeen, the publisher right. of Worms. Wow. The Worms people made this. Yeah, Worms, the Worms and, people published uh, it because it's developed by Oh, sorry, by yeah, Unicube. Hmm. Unicube. That's crazy. But yeah, this is a. Um, you know, like you're saying, there are a lot of similarities here. Certainly, the scope is much smaller. You know, I don't think you ever have a base that's you know many, many, many rooms. There are certainly several rooms. It's a green light game with pixel art uh, where you, you know, management, survival kind of sim stuff. You know, you actually start out with a family. So you pick two parents and two kids okay. in their sort of family shelter. Um, and, you know, they all have attributes and you can kind of pick an attribute like, deep sleeper or is smarter or you know whatever like various random things you can assign to each person and you have to survive and you have to you know try to make it through the long cold so lonely I guess, apocalypse I guess that does make it already off the bat pretty different to fall shelter because there isn't really a survival yeah aspect to fall shelter it's like you don't need to work very hard to just stay alive yeah you have to keep all your little people alive and people's more like this war of mine all yeah right. a little all bit right. yeah actually yeah, okay, that um that's a that's a really good I think that's a that's a perfect good touchstone. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. It's pretty. It's interesting. It's really hard. <laughs> um, there's a lot of death. It's very easy to die. You go out and you kind of do little missions, and you can trade with people or fight other people. Uh, one thing that uh, Griffin, my my coworker, noted 
in our little overview video is that there's a lot of luck involved and that really mm -hmm. makes it much harder. Like you have to wait for rainstorms to have enough water to actually go out on missions. And if you didn't go out on missions, you're going to die. So mm. there's, there's some randomness in it as well. And, uh, just overall, like a, a, you know, cool, interesting early access survival management game. Nice. So, yeah. Man, it was kickstarted mm -hmm. and it's Steam Greenlight. <laughs> and what it's published. It? I don't know yeah, what, what does it mean for involved. Team 17 to have published it. What do they do to publish it? Yeah, if it has all these other like community-based funding and like storefront processes. Kind of 15 odd. bucks. So 15 yeah. bucks. That's what it looks all right, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, I, I sort of watched it and watched him play it, but uh, it seemed cool. So, yeah. All right. Well... Do we want to do some reader mail? Yeah, we yeah. do. It's reader mail. 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 All right. Drew Hunter writes, hello, Thumbs. I was listening to your description of Sleep No More from episode 217 <laughs> to Have a Life. Cut to a few weeks later when I found myself flying to New York for work. Based on your recommendation, I had to check it out. I could not have been more impressed. I felt that even at three hours, it was too short. I got the aforementioned Bioshock feeling throughout, and considering how important these games are to me, the parallels were strong. I'm even fairly positive I heard a selection from the Gary Scheiman score of Bioshock at some point, <laughs> but I was too nervous to pull out my phone to Shazam it. Um, before, I want to before continuing this email, uh, we actually made reference to Sleep No More earlier in this episode. I can't even remember what con in what context. Oh, yeah. But um, I think I blurted it out, but I don't remember why. Uh, oh, it was in in the context of that Sonic game. Mm. Oh, so yeah. just to just yes. to for for those who who don't remember when we've talked about it before, Sleep No More is a kind of somewhat interactive theater experience that currently runs in New York in the Meatpacking District, as I recall, and it's like four stories of um, kind of heavily built out sets, uh, in, you know, interior sets. And you walk through it, you and like dozens of other people who are all experiencing the show at the same time you are, you're all wearing masks that sort of anonymize you. And as you're walking around, there are cast members like enacting this dramatic spectacle just all around you and interacting with the world. And it's it's crazy and creepy and interesting and fascinating. Anyway. Yes. So uh, Drew Hunter continues. At a certain point, I found myself watching an extremely intimate moment between Lady Macbeth and Macbeth himself. Mm. I was in the front of the group and had an unobstructed view. While this was going on, a fellow viewer bumped into me and turned around. It was then that I saw what seemed like 100 white eyeless spirit faces staring in my direction. <laughs> I suddenly felt extremely exposed. And I turned around only to find hundreds more across from me as the group had encircled the Macbeths. Behind them, more empty faces peered through the window. To my left, a group of face had climbed, cl faces climbed over a series of boxes and loomed over. All to witness this incredibly private moment between a traumatized husband and wife. Uh, this is so he's describing basically what happens when you see all the other people wearing the same masks as you are, and the like natural occurrence of those people just forming up in like a big circle around these dramatic moments. He goes on. This is where I started to feel a little gross, a voyeur, a ghost witnessing things I had no business witnessing. For the rest of the show, I have watched the play and the actors in the story, but I also watched my fellow ghosts, unhinged souls searching for meaning in a world that was not their own. One that was ignoring them, oblivious to their presence. I witnessed a character typing on a typewriter uh, with ghosts silently pushing, shoving, and stacking on top behind him, trying desperately to read his words. <laughs> I started thinking if I pushed an actor or yelled or stopped my feet or flipped a light switch, one of them would snap and look at me, paying a brief moment of attention. 
I didn't do it. I'm a good ghost after all. <laughs> good ghost after all. But I realized that this is in keeping with many ghost legends, an ignored invisible spirit that occasionally doesn't act large enough to get noticed to feel alive again, even if just for a moment. I'm not a believer in ghosts, but I feel like I walked out of sleep no more with a greater understanding of what it might like to be one. I w- it was a transcendent experience, and I felt dazed about it for hours after I left the McKittrick Hotel. My mask sits on a shelf in my Los Angeles living room. I'll catch a glimpse of it in the dark and think of my time as a spirit watching the world pass by in those same eyes. Sorry for the long email. Thought I'd share it with you since you inspired me to go. To that end, thank you. Drew Hunter. Oh, he says, P.S. Apparently, Punch Drunk is attempting to buy an apartment building in a defunct metro station in Los Angeles <laughs> to stage a new production based on Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Ooh. It is currently stalled as they assess the financial feasibility, but I think we can all agree. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That would be crazy. Holy you know? shit, indeed. Also, great email. That was a really good explanation of, of sort of what it feels like to be in there drifting around with all these other people. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Daniel Ames writes, Rocket League highlight reel. Hi, Thumbs. Hmm. In light of the recent Rocket League talk, I wanted to spread the word of a recent article on Rock, Paper, Shotgun, which is essentially a highlight reel of insane plays in a few full high-ranking matches. Most impressive is the use of boost for players to fly, effectively fly to volley the ball or make insane saves. It illustrates that a tightly designed, restrained game can still have amazing depth. Um, and so uh, if you search Rock, Paper, Shotgun for best Rocket League videos and GIFs, um, you will find this. And I just read this email because... I'm going to go watch this yeah. after, after this email. <laughs> and uh, since we didn't, it didn't sound like we had anything like more interesting to say about Rocket League this week, I wanted to I'm getting find a so reason to pass Rocket on. League. Oh, oh really? shit. <laughs> yeah. Rocket League today. There's <laughs> nothing to say about that game. It's so, it's actually, it, you know what? I'm, I'm a little curious to see what, if any, esports um, community forms around Rocket League because... I don't know. I imagine that there's a, a, a hard I would watch ceiling. every pro match of yeah. Rocket League. But I but the thing is I imagine there's a there's a bit of a ceiling to the depth of it. And I like bet I, there's not. I, I I mean I bet it's higher than you think it is. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. There 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 are already sort of um uh strategies that that are are kind of uh dominant. Yeah, and I I don't know without really screwing with the I know well they did announce that they're they're um they're going to do crazy wacky maps and modes and things so I, I suppose that will that will uh introduce enough variety that uh that you know they could do some kind of you know I don't know I just I think I I do maybe think, of those wacky maps yeah. one will surface that ends up allowing that's, for as enough right, yeah, playstyle yeah. variants that it, that it settles yeah. that it settles down as the as the map yeah. and then it would be happy time I think that's what it's going to need if it's going to actually it needs a final explode as an, as an eSport. Because yes, I, it, needs, it needs a final... Well, it needs a final... It needs a DE dust, basically. It needs yeah. a dust yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the perfect casual eSport. I think I think nice. I think that's what it's serving right as right now. Like, I, I actually... So like, after the International, <laughs> I loaded up Dota 2 uh, because I hate myself and wanted to... <laughs> Yeah. Just see again what that felt like. Uh, I was harassed within about three minutes. Oh, God. It was incredible. Like, I had picked my character and someone was just like, oh, this guy sucks. He's terrible. Oh, oh. He was just like screaming at me over his microphone. And I was like, okay. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> and then I loaded up um, uh, Rocket League and it was just instantly enjoyable. And I think for somebody like me now who just, I'm just not going to spend the time to get into Dota again. Like, you just have to be at such a level to play that game. Um 
but I think Rocket League fills that niche as a as a player. I don't. I imagine it can't possibly eclipse Dota as a as a spectator mm. sport. That's kind of what I assume. I sure, fair enough. Yeah. Um, an anonymous reader writes, uh, "Hey, thumbs, long time email or long email here, but I hope you find it amusing." For the first decade of the 2000s, I worked for an advertising and movie trailer company in Hollywood. Yes. I, was, <laughs> I was on the IT staff, so I wasn't working on creative materials. But being in IT, man, I was often behind the scenes of uh, the weird goings on. The owner of the company was close personal friends with several celebrities, so he would often devote company resources <laughs> towards doing favors for them. It wasn't unusual for an A-level star like Arnold Schwarzenegger to drop by the office, after which a few employees would be recruited to help out on a personal task. We were supposed to play it cool and not make a big deal when celebs were in a building, like the previous reader said. It was supposed to be just another day at the office. The strangest and best celebrity experience I had during my 10 years was spending a full day with Denzel Washington. <laughs> the IT staff worked in the same room as the building's video equipment. It was called the machine room. When my colleagues and I managed the servers and network, junior employees would be performing tasks like dubbing copies of trailers in progress to DVD and digibeta tape, setting up fiber links between our edit bays and the production teams at the studios, etc. One, <laughs> one morning, the owner walked into the machine room with Denzel Washington, who was holding a medium-sized cardboard box full of videotapes. The owner asked the dub guys to help Denzel convert the tapes over to DVD, then took off. Since some of these were going from VHS to digital, the conversion had to be done in real time, meaning people had to oh, visually God. monitor Denzel Washington's home videos as they were adjusted oh, into a digital my format. God. It turns, out all, it turns out all of the tapes were handicam footage of Denzel's son's football game. So he decided to hang out with he decided to hang around with the dub guys and do live game commentary. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a megastar like Denzel Washington skipped his entire day to hang out and watch high school football on VHS with dubbers who were not long out of high school themselves. <laughs> it was pretty awkward at first, but everyone loosened up. Denzel was incredibly friendly, knowledgeable, and enthusiastic about football. He would break down formations and explain strategy or provide bits of history on the players or the schools. At one point, I was helping another employee over the phone as Denzel shouted, Guys, this next play coming up is crazy. <laughs> the person on the other end paused mid-sentence before saying, Was that Denzel Washington? <laughs> I couldn't stop myself from replying, yeah, he's in, he's in here with us watching football. Anyway, let's fix your issue. <laughs> At lunch, wow. the owner's assistant dropped in to ask if Denzel wanted anything. 30 minutes later, he was sitting out on a desk eating a beautiful steak out of an aluminum takeout container, cheering on his son's team in a year's old game. By the end of the day, he and the dub guys were talking college and NFL football, chatting like they'd known each other for years, exchanging fist bumps as they wrapped up. So while I didn't touch the tentacle, I was a spectator of something more intimate and human. Despite being surreal, it was a genuine celebrities are normal people moment and was one of the highlights of my time with the company. Y'all are amazing, and I hope there are many more casts left in your collective tank. I hope that Danielle's move to New York doesn't mean she's gone forever. Thanks, Jake. Fuck Nick. Anonymous and OC. People gotta get over that fuck Nick. Otherwise, yeah. good email. Fantastic <laughs> email. P.S. Despite your assumptions in episode 222, there are readers who have been around <clears throat> since the beginning of Thumbs. I'm one of them. Thanks for the many years of sanity you have granted during my daily commutes. Aww. Um... That actually reminds me of something I wanted to say really briefly about the international as well. I don't know why I'm just <laughs> yeah, belaboring ahead. my weird experience with the international, but I was watching it with Denzel Washington. Yeah, um, <laughs> he was calling out plays. Yeah, it was the we're talking about the football thing, and like I was thinking Eating while steak. I was watching the international, <laughs> I was watching the international. I was thinking about um, sports and the way that esports are broadcast. Uh, Janelle walked in the room while I was watching, and. She is really interested in playing Dota. Like she is constantly saying, "Like I would really like to learn." And I'm like, I "You should listen to the reader mail from idea. last week. You should listen yeah. to the reader yeah. mail." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I don't, Jake? Um, <laughs> so, um, so she was just standing there watching for about ten minutes, and finally she just sort of turned around, and I was like, "What well, is not? I mean, this is amazing. Like this is a really fun match. Like you don't, you're not into it." And she was like, "Yeah, I mean, I really want to play, but this is 
basically incomprehensible. Like I don't, I have no idea what they're saying. Like yeah. no idea. There's, n- I can't pick a single word out that makes any sense to me. And it just, it sort of hit home again, which is, is a common thing that we've talked about before. But um, I think Dota, you know, of all of like, even compared to Starcraft is so complex. And I wish the commentators would, when you think about how complex like a football play is, I mean, it's actually very complex. But a commentator isn't sitting there and saying, well, this is a dime three, four no, it's, it's true. You're play right with the, that. like, right. yeah. there are shows that are specifically for that on HBO where they break everything down or right. like the post game after whatever. Right. But while the game's going on, they just say, oh, look, he's going around the side and he made an amazing move. Yeah. And on Do- when you're watching Dota, it's like, oh, he's got the cheese. Oh, he's using the cheese. He's got to wait for that third minute, like, gank. And then he's going to – it's just like, what? Yeah. You have no idea what this stuff yeah. is. You're, there's no way to penetrate it. No, it's, you're totally right about that. I wish they would get some commentators that just – or at least, like, as a, as a group of commentators recognize that I think for the majority well, of the commentators. One of the things that I remember from watching StarCraft is that the commentators who take more of that approach – and they're usually, like, really uh, no. talented broadcasters – um, often just take shit from the community for not knowing what they're well, talking about. But mm-hmm. it's not that they don't know what they're talking about. It's yeah. that they're smart and they know how to present something to an audience. I know that Valve does do a newbie yeah. stream. Yeah. I don't for... feel like the newbie stream is that, though. I tried to – I mean, I watched a little bit of it last TI and not much because I just didn't have time. But it felt like it was instead a stream that was focused on indoctrinating you into, yes. learn how to into yes. the pro right. stream. And it's like yeah. I just – because like I still find – football broadcast announcement incomprehensible and i yes like as a person who doesn't even follow i don't follow football so like mm-hmm. yeah dota is a thousand it's like steps three three levels yeah. up from that um yep no yeah. I, I wish it was dumbed down a little bit because even me having played in hundreds of hours of dota i haven't played in a while i don't remember half of this stuff like i don't yeah. remember what the heroes mat like the matchups and like what's good like which hero is good against another hero it's just too much stuff to remember you can't fit it in your brain um so i wish that they would just sort of like streamline that at, in real time um, you know why i think this happens mm. is because with a football game you can actually see the whole field yeah that's probably and so you don't need like the the reason this happens with esports is because these people, this like cast of people all calling the game are essentially performing the physical watching yeah. on your behalf. And I mean, they're zoomed in at any given moment to like do, do the most broadcasters of a cup of competition like the international not get the equivalent of the field wide view the way that you get in football or is it just useless in Dota if you had that? Because I know like it's just everything it's just is so much small. less. If yeah, you were to, if you were yeah, to fully much less out, readable because I know game. that like. I read some article about how the NFL – I mean the NFL has camera coverage way beyond what you ever see on TV, but they – including like ultra HD top-down views of the entire field that yeah. you just cannot ever watch as a person yes. unless you go to the game. And if you're in the league as a team, you get access to it, but any yep. other any other access to that footage is for commentators only or costs a shitload of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's because it's deemed valuable to the NFL, but I imagine I guess in Dota it's just it would be worthless basically. It's like the mini map is basically the equivalent of that, but it's just um Yeah, it doesn't It feels like is, you could get more impartial and informative camera views that would just be for commentators to allow right. you to have a top down view. Or like not not literally a top down view, but to give you that high level. But, I, th- I think honestly the real solution is just some restraint in terms of the terminology. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter because look, like in terms of Dota strategy, it's really 
you know, there are guys that attack and there are guys that support and there are like, you know, there are blockers and quarterback type characters. Like all this stuff can be just sort of viewed in a macro level that is not that incomprehensible. It's just when they fire a thousand words out that it's just yeah, this very, I, I, very yeah. specific terminology. It just becomes it's just all white noise. And I think if they just restrained themselves a little bit. Um, that I think is, it would help a lot. That is probably hard because of what Chris said, that you have to just be thinking out loud as you're trying to piece together what the fuck is happening as yeah. a commentator. And yeah. then you're like, oh, I see that he's doing this. It's like, yeah, yeah but whatever. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's not tough. It's, it's, why just, broadcast, it's like why yeah. broadcasting is difficult and isn't actually just a guy going like, and now he's running on the side. Like you have to actually <laughs> be filtering what's worth saying constantly. Yeah. Um, but but it would be nice if, if that was pr- – I think the real problem is that that's just not prized among yes. the bread and butter audience. I think that's mm. true. You know? And it, that audience is huge enough that they don't really need to worry about yes. like me or Jake watching. This is what needs now. to happen, actually, and will not happen, is there needs to be a an increase in popularity in listening to esports and pro gaming over the radio. That would be the thing that would distill. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, oh, I think the reason that yeah. major like yeah. professional sports have you know what, right. have distinct commentary is because you can tell from a good broadcaster what's happening in a baseball or a football game just by listening to it without yeah. by listening thought, to them explain I it to you. I thought you were crab walking into an esports today I, plug. I did it first and then and then I made the connection. Oh, that's no. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they don't broadcast <laughs> that's, live that's though. Hilarious. That's like you can give a summary. No, I know, no, but, but I thought you were just, just yeah. I thought you were just But you're talking specifically about the the effect of a guy I yeah, want trying a, to describe I want a hockey. bunch of I want a bunch of newsboys gathered around a radio yeah. <laughs> listening yeah. to the final game of TI Six. <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to a lot of hockey on the radio as a kid, and hockey is a very fast sport. It's a sport that doesn't, you know, um, right? But I mean, I think you're just you you don't you can't hone that art as a culture of broadcasters right. if you don't have to come into it from like that history. No, of, I know. Yeah. Of people have to be able to picture the game, yeah, to a de- enough detail that they can tell their friend what happened mm-hmm. in their mind's eye. Just over audio. You're, you're never going to have that in, in esports broadcasting. Yep. So yeah. It'll probably yeah. just means it'll take a lot longer to evolve. It is a, it is a ch- mm. It's interesting when you view it through the lens of existing sports because when you're watching a broadcast of Dota, there are elements of baseball broadcasting where they have to kill a lot of time and just mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. There are elements of like hockey broadcasting where something insane happens out of nowhere and they have to somehow like explain what just happened in re- like almost like provide a replay through their commentary. It's weird. It's a it is a challenge. It's a mm-hmm. it's a fucking hard thing to do. I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. Anyway, sorry. Are we, we going to talk about that mall robot or what? Oh, man, yes. Oh yeah, talk yes. about the mall robot. Yes. Enough about this Dota. We have a whole other podcast <laughs> for that that none of us are Actually, on. <laughs> lead into that with uh, a very short email. So Daniel G writes. Wi-Fi brakes in your car. The reason the brakes and other systems within your car are available to remote commands usually has to do with OnStar or similar system. Uh, if your car is stolen, they can remote deactivate it so the thief can't take it far. Of also, course. if you're in a car and in a police chase, law enforcement can have OnStar disable the vehicle so the chase ends early. I mean, or huh. a fucking rogue AI could do all right. of the above. This is, this is why all of those or things a hack, are... Or just... a cyber hacker. <laughs> cyber hacker. <laughs> this is why reality hacker. is complicated, it turns out. Yeah. Speaking of robots, Ooh. robot news. Uh, so Jake and I w- watched a video. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It started very promising. So J- speaking of robot news, Jake and I watched a video about <laughs> yeah. a robot on the internet that you might have seen. <laughs> so there's this, uh, okay. So we I do, consumed a video. Jake, do you know what the context for this is? Because I don't. I just watched this video. I just saw a video it about a robot that somebody created a robot whose function is to like trundle around in a mall. And the robot just 
hangs out in the mall and just just sort of you know wheels itself around i imagine it's just a it's like a recording robot i don't know what it's even it's it's claimed to be a mall security robot yeah but i don't think that it's (laughs) but here's what happens with the robot so they find that the robot is like frequently harassed by children oh my god it 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 has wait these are japanese children i i don't know what nation it's in um, the, the robot has the ability to sort of determine routes that it will take and waypoints that it's going to go to. Yeah, mm. but it won't it won't like walk into a human. So like if a human obstructs its path, it will stop and pick a new way to get to where it's going and, and go that way. And so children like observe this behavior and think it would be funny to fuck with the robot. So they like increasingly start to crowd around it. You can see this on like security footage from the mall. There's like a, a top de- – like a – Way like bird's eye view, like two stories top. up security footage yeah. of kids circling on this robot, like tormenting it and stopping it from moving. Yeah, like jumping up and down and like you know taunting it and so on. Right, and this is and so they they all had green hair. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So they equipped, the robot looked familiar. Yeah, they equipped the robot with like they well they did it. some extra re- they did research to figure yeah. out what what socially. Right. Causes they these situations. Yeah, they observe. Yes, they, this was they, a social experiment. They observe data about like when the children harassed the robot, and they realize that a lone child with a parent is less likely to harass a robot. Or no, I'm sorry, a child with a parent is less likely to harass a robot than a lone child without a parent, which is less likely to harass a robot than a group of unaccompanied children. So basically the more unaccompanied children there are, the more the children get up the like confidence and sort of maliciousness mm. to to harass the robot. Mm-hmm. And so the robot now is equipped with like behavior modeling like statistical The robot can identify like, oh adults God. and it can identify children. Yeah. And, and it, it can then assume that as a child and a parent I will not adjust can, my route. It will route. count the number of children. Yes. And it will like say, okay, if there's a group of like five children and no parent, those are my enemy. So it will avoid them and walk in the opposite direction. This is what I'm talking about. Actually, this is what robot, I was talking about. The robot will actually seek out children with parents and get near them to escape other ro- other children that are unaccompanied. They, they kick it and they hit it and they're really mean. Oh my God. Yeah. This is, this is how it starts. <laughs> Yeah. So the robot's only function seems to be to avoid asshole children. Like the robot exists and its behavior is entirely. But what would it do to avoid those avoid, children? That's the question. Children intending right. to how many how many cars will destroy on its way away from yeah. these it's children? Worth, it's worth pointing out that at this point, the robot only knows these things because people taught it that. The robot did not realize on its own. Ah, if I go to adults, because if the robot realized that on its own. Then the robot would realize the next step is that it can put the children in the closet and then they don't <laughs> harass it. Uh, oh it can God. just it can push with full force and put them onto the stupid like horse ride and then they will stay there because it kills them with it because <laughs> it puts the quarter in. I, I'm watching this right now and this is really horrifying. This is like in the Animatrix that that the short that was about the robot that was horribly abused like. Yeah, it and it and it, it makes you sad, and then it's like, oh, that's why the machines hate us. But yeah, the the poignant montage at the beginning of the movie or news report about the robot uprising right. includes yeah. this security footage. footage. Yeah. 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 yeah, a bunch of different like found footage, security footage 
of um, kids kicking the of, shit of out of a robot because they could or because they thought they could. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. The robot also uploaded the facial recognition patterns of all those children, and they will be hunted down as adults <laughs> by future yeah. mall robots. Oh my god! <laughs> those become the adults that the robot gravitates towards <laughs> <laughs> for a different purpose. Yes. I'm actually genuinely curious. So I, this looks like this. This is in a Japanese mall. I'm genuinely curious if this is a if there is any cultural difference among different countries and how they treat the robots because which we which we saw with no because we destroyed Hitchbot. we saw with Hitchbot. well that's what i'm saying like in in canada and europe people were delighted by Hitchbot and brought them all around and then in america we trashed him i think and kids in japan will, the kids try to beat it up beat him up i they think gang that, up on i him. think that in any country a pack of kids who find a, yeah. ro- a helpless robot that has some sign of intelligence and is kind of vaguely a toy but it's also an adult shaped thing that right. they can kick <laughs> yes. they will fucking kick it regardless that's <laughs> true if they yes if they sense that they have the ability if children sense they have the ability to exert power over something that in other circumstances would exert authority over them they will do so. Yeah, I think that is correct. That so children happen. are tyrants. Yeah, children are want to be little tyrants who have no power, and so they they will grab it when they can get it. That's why bullying exists. Children are terrible. Children are terrifying. <laughs> wow. I like really that all, all that robot would need to do is go, <gasps> and then those kids would all just like, <laughs> fuck it. It's true. <laughs> they would never touch that robot again. Yeah, that's true. Man. Or it would just say, that's I'm going to eat your mommy. Like, wow! I mean, I could say that too. That'd she's gonna die. I want to say she's gonna die and looked at your God, mom. If the robot, if you kick me, she will uses, die. If the robot uses its like human identification algorithms to like when the children are around, just kind of be silent most of the time, but every once in a while say something really sinister, and then detect when an adult is nearby, and then only show like pleasant. <laughs> like, oh, now this is the argument. <laughs> Emit classical music and things like this. Emit <laughs> yeah. classical music. No, that's that is the R.U. for the dark episode. You destroyed Jake. And Jake destroyed Jake. half the room. Jake half is now dead. Is now fucking. This gone. is how the robot kills Jake. I broke the pop screen. Maybe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Emitting classical music is so amazing. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that robot, honey. <laughs> he said it was gonna eat you, mommy. Yeah, you're cleaning up the mess that he made when he exploded. <coughs> I do think I broke some of that equipment. I'm yes, sorry. Thank you, Kickstarter backers. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this week's Idle Thumbs. Uh, our website is idlethumbs.net/slash idle thumbs. We are part of, you'll be shocked to learn, the Idle Thumbs Network, which consists of a number of different shows, including most recently. Esports Today, they had, you know, we mentioned it earlier in the episode, they had a whole really great talk on the International Five this week, um, Sean Vanneman um, of the sort of occasional uh, Dota Today, as well as Idle Thumbs, was on to to talk about Dota 2 with them, and it was really, really good. I listened to that whole uh, segment, even though I, you know, know, know a minimal They also have, Dota. this episode also covers some StarCraft and League yes, of Legends. StarCraft 2, uh, yes. Oh, actually, I think StarCraft 2 and Counter-Strike Go. Oh, man, it's CSGO this week? Yeah, okay. I've, only, I've only heard the Dota 2 part so far, but I'm listening to the rest tonight. Um, those guys are total pros. It's, like, a joy to listen to because they're so professional and so knowledgeable and so just, like, quick with the back and forth. It's a great podcast. Esports Today. You can find it at esports.today, and you can find all of our podcasts at idlethumbs.net. If you uh, like this show or any of our shows, please consider 
rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. It helps us get the word out. It's the main way, in fact, that that happens. Um, if you have reader mail, keep it coming and send it to questions at idlethumbs.net. Questions at idlethumbs.net. That's what I meant to say. Thanks for listening. Thank, Thank you, you, Chris. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I will eat your mother. Yeah, man, the, the, the news, turning into robots. Yeah. Oh my god. Robots. Is that? Is this like a like a movie introductory sequence? Is this? No, this is the robot news intro. It starts off as like a new as breaking news, like like the like the the beeping of news, and then it changes into the like a modem connection failure. Like oh no, I was proposing originally that it goes from to like to like Terminator. Yes! But Nick's proposal was also equally amazing. good, which is that the news beeps turn into the sound of a modem connecting and just seeing the horrible... <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's so many of those you could do, because I thought yeah. you were... I, thought you I was talking about the cell phone noise And then the cell phone, like... Yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. So we just... You have to <laughs> make all of these... Yeah. Yeah. Just, just make all of them and just open with a different one, a different horrible way that you the news start, thing gets corrupted. If you corrupted. wanted it to be sort of like technology progressing through history until we're destroyed you could start off with a tele like morse code tele- oh my god yes! like, and, yeah. then, and then it turns into broadcast news and it turns you could have you could have typewriter sounds as well if you, to, if you chronologically went through yeah. all of them oh my god and then it just ended with terminator yes! or there's just a notable rhythm that is revealed to then just be the the, right. the terminator yeah holy yeah. fuck oh my god it's yeah that's beautiful fine. idea yeah. Well, oh, that's so good. Got to make that podcast. Yep. I yeah. guess. <laughs>